Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Seriously, man, you don't really think we're going to see any Canutes and 41 Rockies jerseys here at Coors Field, do you? I mean, no offense, I know you're a local and all, but that was a long time ago. You never know. I've seen some old guy jerseys around here, haven't you? In fact, I actually heard from a really good source. You mean you saw it on Twitter. Whatever. I heard that Chad Cool's wearing 41 now for the Rockies because he grew up a Milwaukee Brewers fan and he watched me wearing number 41 back in the day. That, you know, that's pretty cool, right? I see what you did there, Mark. Yeah, okay, wait. Look, he's right over there. Let's just go ask him. Well, you know, we probably shouldn't bother him. What do you mean? We're media. That's our job. Follow me. Uh, okay, but, but let me ask him. Hey, Chad, I'm Mark Knutson. This is Manny Randall. We do a podcast called the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. He came up with the name. Congrats on your great start to the season. Are you liking it here? He's got a question for you, Chad. Okay, I heard somewhere that you're wearing number 41 here as a Rocky because, you know, I wore it a while back. A long okay, while back. Okay, whatever. I wore 41 in Milwaukee, as I'm sure you know, since I heard you grew up a Brewers fan and all. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, grew up in Delaware. Um, you know, kind of watched the Phillies kind of growing up, but uh, never really heard of you. So when they gave me 41, I don't think it really had some uh, significance behind it. Sorry. Yeah, what's what show am I on? It's the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. Is the National League West the best division in Major League Baseball? With the powerhouse Los Angeles Dodgers and the rejuvenated San Francisco Giants each winning more than 105 games last season, there was certainly a case to be made a year ago. Things look different so far this season, with the San Diego Padres appearing to meet expectations and join the other two West Coast powers battling for playoff positioning. That's not great news for the other two teams in the division, the Colorado Rockies and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Is there any long-term hope for either to crash that party? Can the NOS put three teams in the postseason? This week, we look for answers with old friend Thomas Harding of MLB.com and Nick Picaro of the Arizona Republic, talking about the league's best division and the long-term prospects for the two teams currently on the outside looking in. That's next, so stay with us for this episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. We're back after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, Look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stoneysbarandgrill.com. Back on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast, Mark Knutson, Manny Randall, taking this portion of the show off because he's a man of vacation time, you know that. Joined by Thomas Harding of MLB.com. Manny's, are you Manny's boss? No. No? Kind of? No. You're his big brother. You are yeah, his big brother, we definitely. Are, you are we, we are partners in he is your crime big, or something. He is like your that. big brother. I, I, I think that you're his big brother. And Nick Picaro from uh, MLB.com also. Arizona Republic. Yeah. Arizona Republic. See, I, I, don't know, but I know he covers the Diamondbacks like a blanket. And Nick, first of all, welcome. Thank you for coming back. You know, we had you last year, but um, appreciate you rejoining us. Yeah. I want to talk about the National League West. You guys have both seen the National League West now this year, every team a couple of times. Um, I'm not sure it's as good as it was a year ago, maybe better than it was a year ago. I, just, I want your opinions. Nick, we'll start with you. You've seen everybody in this division. Is this the best division in baseball? What's funny is I haven't seen everybody in this oh, division. Really? Tomorrow, uh, on Monday, the Diamondbacks will be hosting the Giants. It's the first time they've played the Giants all season, which is a strange thing to get all the way to July and not have faced the team well, in your division. Well, with the lockout. I'm not, yeah, yeah, anyway. Um, <clears throat> so... I don't know the answer to that question. I don't feel like it's as good as it was last year. Um, I think the Padres are very good. 
Um, I don't feel like the Giants are quite the same team from afar. And I definitely don't think the Dodgers uh, have the same sort of depth that they had a few years back. Um, Maybe it's unfair to hold the Dodgers to the standard that they had sort of created um, when they've got guys like Kike Hernandez and um, and Chris Taylor sort of in reserve roles, yeah. Um, and now, now it's a, they seem to be a little bit more human, a little bit more mortal, right? Um, in terms of what what they have. Uh, but yes, I mean, look, those are three really good teams. Um, I, I, I think you'd be hard pressed finding a much better division in in baseball at the moment. Um, I just kind of feel like maybe those clubs, both the Giants and the Dodgers, have been a little stronger um, in recent years. Thomas, how do you feel? You've seen them all. Well, yeah, I, I have seen them all. I haven't seen the best of the Dodgers. The Dodgers True. have come here and lost two of three each time. Each of the two times they've come here, and the Rockies are going to, um, to to Dodger Stadium. I like the division. I think the one thing about this division that's better than last year is the San Diego Padres. The fact that they look like they have staying power, but they've looked like they've had staying power before and fallen apart toward the end. Um, I look at the American League East, though, with the Yankees not only running away with it, but Tampa Bay is in fourth place, 15 and a half games back, and they're 42 and 36. <laughs> yeah. That is a strong division to me. Um, now, the Yankees running away with everything. Do I trust that because of what I've seen the past, what is it, uh, 13 years? Not sure I trust it, but they are a very good team. They may be the best team in baseball right now. So when I go back to, to the div- division, the National League West, um, I think what could put that division over the top is the Dodgers and the Giants and the Padres are very willing to change on the run and make improvements. And who knows what those teams are going to look like at the deadline. Now, look, now maybe there won't be as much trading activity with an expanded playoff, but what if those teams are able to pull off some things at the deadline? Then you've got really strong teams heading into the postseason. You've seen the Padres, Nick. Um, Bob Melvin making a big difference with that club? Um. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like they've got uh, they've got a ton of pitching this year. I feel like that's the thing that I that stood out to me when we watched them. It just kind of seems like I think they've been running a six man rotation for a while. It seems like they've got waves of guys with with really good arms coming out of the bullpen. I mean, they had a guy Luis Garcia coming out throwing 100 mile an hour sinkers and 93 mile an hour cutters the other day. Um, and then, I mean, really, I, I guess the the thing that is most impressive about them is just what they've been able to do while Tatis has has been out this whole time so I mean they it's it's not easy to just kind of you know roll off the the injured list and and kind of be the player you were but if he can get back to that level I mean that's that's the best player in baseball maybe um so it's it's been terrific but yeah I mean you you gotta you gotta wonder about about the difference that Bob Melvin has made especially uh you know given the struggles that they've had in in recent years with with not that different of of rosters but you know it's hard to say from afar how, how big a difference managers made we've uh, we've talked about the top three teams in the division the bottom two teams in the division playing today um are they I mean for instance would the Diamondbacks have been a hundred loss team last year if they were in another division they didn't have to play these teams all those many times Probably <laughs> the way the way that they were losing games last year was was really bad. Um, I mean, it was it was mistakes all over the field, um, you know, and, and it was it was injuries upon injuries upon injuries. So they probably would have stumbled at least to 100 losses. Would they have gotten to 110 like they did? That's a that's a fair question. Um, they were 
absolutely dominated by by the, the good teams in the division last year. So, so the, it is a fair point. So are the Rockies. The Rockies what won combined eleven games against those those top two teams last year. Yeah, they they played pretty well against the Padres, but I I, I saw the best of the Giants throughout the year. I mean, the, the, obviously the Dodgers were what we expected, but the more I saw the Giants, the more I was impressed with them last season. Um, of course, the Rockies, they're struggling. They're in last. I guess they could move into a tie for last for the, you get out of for the first time since, what, May 10th or something like that? Ridiculous like that. Um, and when, when I watch the Rockies and I watch the Diamondbacks, I'm seeing kind of different parts of the same coin. I think they both are capable of really bad baseball. Uh, of the Rockies, I think they've actually come out of some of the fielding problems, but it was the worst defensive team I've seen in the history of the Colorado Rockies, I believe. And the Diamondbacks are capable of baseball like that. Also, um, the Rockies, you could look at their numbers, and their batting average is up there, I think, second. But when you watch, I remember the last road trip, and I was like, what the other team ought to do is just give them a runner at second base like an in extra innings and get the inning over with quicker because that's what was happening on the road with them. With the Diamondbacks, um, I've seen better hitting here than I've watched or heard about for about a month. I mean, because that team really has, has problems offensively just getting anything going. Nick, is Diamondbacks, what are they going to have to do to become a contender with those top three teams in the division? Is um, an overhaul, complete overhaul needed, or are they heading in that direction already? I think they're already headed in that direction. Um, I mean, they're just going to need to need some of these younger players to kind of, you know, emerge into the kind of guys that they hope they can be. Um, we've seen flashes of it with guys like Dalton Varsho and Alec Thomas, who look like really nice players. Um, you know, are they all-star caliber players or just kind of solid above average, you know, you know, everyday players? Um that's that's a question that remains to be seen. Um, they have a couple of prospects coming up. Uh, a guy in Double A with the crazy numbers, Corbin Carroll, an outfielder who you know is going to be probably among the top five or ten prospects in in baseball when they start putting out their midseason lists here pretty soon. That's a guy that that they've got a lot riding on. Um, and then you know not only did they draft a kid uh, Jordan Lawler with the sixth overall pick last year, they're going to be picking number two overall in the draft in, in a couple of weeks. Um, so those are kind of the guys they're going to be banking on. Um, but look, I mean, they've got a stable of young players that are already starting to work their way up. Um, you see it in flashes. It's just not very consistent. Josh Rojas, Paven Smith, guys, guys like that, that you sort of, you watch them for a series or a week and you're like, okay, okay, I, I can see it. And then, you know, they start making mistakes or striking out and, you know, it's, it's just consistency, right? I mean, that, that's kind of what it's all about. Rockies are looking a little differently right now, aren't they, Thomas? They're, all their talents from low minors other than Tobar maybe in double-A, but they don't seem willing to do the rebuild thing. Uh, no, they never have been. I mean, and it's, it, it's a really strange place to play baseball. Like um, Nick's talking about a 110-loss team last year. It's impossible to lose 100 games here, and I think a lot of times they think that they're close to the playoffs. I mean, the best and worst thing that could happen to them is for them to go on a winning streak and think they're in it. Because, yeah, it would be wonderful to try to sneak into a, to an expanded playoff. But there is a lack of depth that's a problem here. I remember talking to someone else about this. I had written that the lineup was a house of cards that yes. was built on Chris Bryant. And as soon as you remove Chris Bryant, all the problems with the, yeah, all the problems with all the depth really showed up. 
And now that he's back in there, they're playing better baseball. But still, um, at the double-A AA and triple-A level, you don't have a lot of prospects. Um, Tovar should be here this year and get to play. Wouldn't you like to see maybe some moves with some of the veterans that they have, whether it's Daniel Bard or Jose Iglesias or even C.J. Crow? Or even Herman Marcus, thank you. Well, okay. I'm telling you. Okay, I said that. I've been asking about it. There is no appetite to move it. They're not going to do it, but they should. But... Well, they can't now, can they? Well, it would it would be it would be very difficult. I would think if you traded him and got a couple of arms, maybe one that was you could get yeah. a haul for him. Well, you could get a haul for Marquez? I think you could get you could, you'd I'm not get talking about big fifty league cents on the dollar. I'm not talking about big league talent. He's, I'm talking about double AA, triple A guys. Well, he was an all star last year. He's got a great arm. Well, I, Somebody's got to figure it out. The issue, like for example, they didn't offer the qualifying offer to John Gray, and then they get outbid by the Texas Rangers for him. So there's that thought out there that if you get a pitcher out of here, right, exactly. then you've got somebody that's a number two in your rotation. Yep. Even if the numbers right now say that he's a number three or four in a good team rotation, exactly. you get him out of here. That, So I would agree with you on that, but they're not going to mm-hmm. do it. Part of the issue is it's really hard for them to develop any pitching, and you could drop a pitcher in here, and maybe he'll work out. But let, I'll go back to what I was saying. Um, Iglesias, um, Crone, Bard, Colomay. You trade those guys and maybe increase the depth at the top of your at, at the top of your system slash major league ready. So when those guys come up from the bottom of the system, there is a deeper squad. There are a few veterans around, and you can make a lot of hay in a hurry. We see that they don't, unfortunately. Nick, has this division got three playoff teams in it with the expanded playoff? Uh, it would seem like it. Yeah. yeah. I don't see why not. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess it's, I guess, the... the you, think, you think about Atlanta, New York, Milwaukee, St. Louis. Uh, somebody's not going to get in, but, you know, you could get three out of this division. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I, look, I mean, I, I guess I guess the Giants and the Padres still have questions to answer, right? Um, you know, the, the Giants haven't been, certainly their veterans haven't been the, the same, like, dynamic presence that they were last year. Um and then, uh, and then the Padres kind of have to like show they have staying power, power. Yeah, right? Exactly. They, but you know, they have to they have to not melt down for us to believe they're not going to melt down. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like on paper they've they've got as much talent as anybody. And I mean, look, the the Brewers seem to be a team that that has major offensive problems. Um, you know, they've got some pitching injuries too. They they're all built around their pitching, um, so it's it's hard to I, I don't know. It's it's hard to get get fully behind them as well so i i think i think it's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out what do you think three three teams out of this division i think so but um the padres are the team that i kind of don't trust but if uh as as nick was saying their pitching's a lot better and their pitching did have a lot of injuries last year so that's the team but the question is um and when i look at the giants the veterans haven't played as well but generally in August and September, that ends up making a difference. Do the Padres learn from their mistakes and melt down? The other team that you ask about, um, obviously with, um, with Bryce Harper being hit with a pitch the other day, that really hurts. But the Philadelphia Phillies, to me, look like the team that could knock off somebody, really? not knock somebody out in the National League West for, for a last playoff spot. Okay, I'll ask you guys one more question, Nick. What year do the Arizona Diamondbacks get back in the playoffs? Oh gosh, I, I I have no idea. I truly have no idea. I, yeah. I I just don't even feel like it's like it's it's re- like I've seen enough to like 
throw out a reasonable number. I, I don't know. I mean, we're, I'd be basing this off of like performances of prospects who've never played in the majors. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if everything goes great, like maybe in 2024, but like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not in the near future. I don't think. Same as the Rockies. Uh, I will say the same thing. If everything goes great, 2024. Here's the issue, though, in the National League West, is that if. Whenever the Diamondbacks or the Rockies make the playoffs, I will guarantee you that nobody's expecting it because they don't make the free agency moves and they don't make the trades that the richer teams in the divisions do. I got one. When's the next time the Diamondbacks and the Rockies both make the playoffs at the same time? Uh, that, that, I mean, when you go back to 2017... Thomas who, Love here, buddy. Who... Oh, 17. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Who expected that? No, no. Absolutely nobody. And I think that's that, that's one of the frustrating things for the fans and people that follow these teams is that they they often make it on a lot of things coming together at once that you don't see. They make it on their managers. Um, I think Tori Lavallo and, and, and Bud Black can get a team with a lot of flaws into the playoffs if everything comes together and and somebody in the front office makes the right one or two moves um, along the way but you can't you can't predict it I, I think the best thing for these two teams is for expansion to hit yep. and they end up in another division that's where they belong I mean they don't belong playing with the you Giants put a team in, in Las Dodgers. Vegas and you put them in the National League West and Rockies and Diamondbacks they get put to go two in the West put one in Portland and Rockies and Diamondbacks they go they, they go play with teams like them I've told you before that's going to happen the talk on expansion will start happening this offseason they'll yeah. start talking about it and then expansion is going to have to be in realignment it's going to have to be well, how cool would that be for the D-backs uh, well, I, we'll see where the D-backs end up. They still need a new ballpark, so <laughs> we'll see if they end up staying in Arizona or, or what. They may be the Las Vegas D-backs, right? Yeah. They, they may, I think they've emerged as the leading candidate, which is totally wrong. It's not, yeah, because there's no, there's nothing wrong. Who knows? Maybe maybe Phoenix gets the replacement team. Oakland still needs to figure out their situation. Well, they, too, right? but, but a lot of really good things have happened just this week with Oakland. I think that team's there to stay. Well, we appreciate you guys as always. Nick, thank, welcome to town. We'll see you next time you're in town and uh, enjoy the heat when you get back to back to Arizona. Thomas, thanks as always. Manny says hi, by the way. So, Manny, we're here from Nick Picaro and Thomas Harding. Uh, both believe this is the best division in the National League, if not all. Of all baseball now they did point out that Tampa Bay has a, a, a way way better than 500 record in fourth place in the AL East so maybe the AL East has an argument even though the Yankees are running away with it that it's the best division in baseball but nonetheless it really does look like the Rockies are stuck between three rocks in a hard place yeah that's good it's it's true I mean I think I think the AL East is by far by far better really the best really? division in the American in the in baseball um, because you've got in, in the National League West, you have two teams. You have one team that is, you know, top three in baseball with the Dodgers. Right. Um, one team that's near there with the Padres. And that's it. The Giants are regressing. They're just falling. They've just fallen off a cliff lately. And they're regressing back to maybe what we thought they would be last year yeah. when they shocked sure. everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the Padres and the Dodgers make the National League West maybe the best division in the national league, but not by much over the national league East. Really? Um, yeah. When the Phillies are going good. And when, you know, there, there was a time when the Phillies were, were, were kind of surging and it looked like, well, this is going to be a great division because um, you know, there were three teams that were kind of starting to, there were two teams starting to come and, and try to catch the Mets. But right. I would say the national league West is the best in the, in the national league, but in the American league East, I think, I don't think you can compare with, the Yankees, the best team in baseball, 
And Boston, you take away their horrid start, and they've been playing like 700 baseball. Toronto mm-hmm. is tied with Boston for second, basically. Yep. Um, and Tampa Bay, like you said, fourth place, and they're um, they are uh, seven games over 500. So, yep. you know, Baltimore is the only team in that division that is not a good baseball team. And you've got two, almost three teams in the National League West that are you've got you've got you've got two class teams in the National League West, the Padres and the Dodgers, and then you've got two teams that are below 500, which are not good teams, the D-backs and the Rockies. And so then you're, you so have you're in the really, middle the Giants. You're down on the Giants. I mean, I, I still think the Giants are a playoff team. You don't think so? No, no, I don't think so. I think that I think the Giants. I think they're they had that magical run last year, which nobody, which we talked about many times. Right. They're going to be dissecting that season for right. years and years and years, trying to figure yeah. out how they did it, because there's no real logical explanation for it. Um, but everything also went right for them, injury wise. They didn't. I think Belt got hurt a little bit, but that was about it. This year, they've had problems, more more injury problems. Oh no, Buster Posey got hurt um, too. Yeah, Posey. I mean, Posey. You know. Posey is the intangible, right. the intangible party's, you know, leading candidate yep. always. Yep. And if, for, if there's anything to intangibles, which, you know, there as is, much as Trust we, me, there is as much as, there as is. much as we saber saber metrics, people like to, to, to say, Oh, come on, give me a break. It's, there is something to it. Yep. There's problems. Yeah. It's just, um, so you lose, you lose Posey. And so I think that, I think the, 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 the NL central certainly, is, is either the, the Cardinals or the Brewers are going to take right. take one of those wild card spots? You think so? Padres, yeah, the Padres or the Dodgers are going to take one of those wild card right. spots, and then the third one, yeah, it will be a dogfight. I mean, you know, I, I think that you know it's going to really start coming not coming into focus until probably mid August. Um, yeah, I'm not a believer in the Phillies now, especially with Parker out. But I think yeah, Atlanta, that was a big blow. Atlanta yeah. and San Francisco will probably be the ones battling out for that third third wild card spot yeah and, and veterans have a way it. veterans have a way of stepping up later in the season yeah, now if it came down to also, it i think it would be the it would be the braves this also assumed, this also assumes that the padres don't fall apart like the second half like they did last year which could right. see happen and, and when we're talking about the dodgers maybe they're not the team nick pointed this out maybe they're not quite the team they were a year ago the depth isn't quite there anymore maybe they're just they're they're still the best team in the league but maybe they're not as good as they were is that fair hey they've lost four out of six at coors field <laughs> they should be relegated for just that yeah, reason. Relegation. Alone, right? <laughs> yeah. You can't lose four out of five to the Rockies and say you're the best team in the NL, NL right? No, I, I, it's, you know, I was covering the Dodgers that series. Dave Roberts was asked about that. Like, what do you make of this? Like how in the world, Bill, Bill Plasky asking me like, what do you, how do you do? I mean, and he's like, you know what? I don't know. You know, it's just one of those things. It's like the Rockies beat the Padres uh, four out of the last five too. I think right. between the doubleheader, um, the second game of the doubleheader in San Diego, and then the last game on that series, and then two games here. Um, keep, keep this and, in mind as well, though, with the Dodgers. And I'm far from me from to defend the Dodgers, but when they came in here, they came across the country from the East Coast, got in late, played a game, and then that yeah. jet lag hit you the next day. And they played two really, not taking anything away from Chad. And it's Cole. Colorado. That's a great, it's, great it's performance altitude. by Chad Cole throwing a shutout, but I don't know that that happens against the rest of the Dodger team. So, it, but it's all part of the system, it's all part of how it works. So, no excuses. But the I, Dodgers I still, basically said that night, that yeah. without making the excuse, they basically said it was that. Yeah. You know how you know how guys will. Oh, I, and it's real. They, they they say no, can't use that as an excuse. Can't use that as an excuse. Like it's said like over and over. But in but in reality, that's what what yeah, happened. It did, you know? and it and it's you know they good, got in at three o'clock local time. I know, I know. That good, morning, good good fortune for the Rockies, and you take advantage of that. Um, it doesn't take away from the fact that that's the best team in the league. 
the Brewers are maybe. Yeah, as far as your question about, you know, like if they're if they're as good as they were last year, I think it's just really hard to to make that comparison because um, the team hasn't changed that much from last year. Um, no, Corey, no, Corey Seager is no Corey Seager, and, you know, and Clayton they, Kershaw, no Walker they, Bueller right now. And, these, and, these things and, matter. It, yeah. And so with Kershaw, Kershaw was really good today. Seven scoreless. He's he, other than his hiccup at course, he's been good all year. And then um, when he's been healthy and then Bueller, Bueller has been out and Bueller was struggling probably because that probably had something to do with the, the yep. arm, the injury. And so um, again, if they're f- at full strength, it's close. If it's, if they're not at full strength, obviously, then they're going to be not what they were last year. And the Padres, we think, I think Bob Melvin's a difference maker there. I think he's the one and Tatis hasn't played. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad. For they the were Padres. like the Mets, a big, a big yeah. thing, a big, big, big similarities to the Mets without yeah. DeGrom and, for the whole mm-hmm. season so far. And he's, he's nearing return. And then without yep. Scherzer for much of it, and they've maintained first place. So right. those, those two, you know, the Padres and the Mets have somehow made it work. Yeah. Tatis should be back. I would imagine, you know, it's kind of curious. I'm curious with that. Mysterious about what's going on with his wrist, no, but it really uh, is. But he, but 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 if he's back, you know, in in August, and and Degrom's supposed to be back in in late July, early August, um, it's going to be tough to beat those teams. And you're right, you know, the manager may make a difference in that case because honestly, so. that that team last year had there was no reason for them to fall apart. Well, they I mean, there were some injuries in the pitching staff, but. Um, they and there were clearly abs- problems in the clubhouse. Tatis was clearly causing problems in the clubhouse. Well, whatever it was, McConnell got into it. it, it clear, that's yeah, clear. I mean, I don't know. Whatever it was, some, that that can get blown out of proportion sometimes. I mean, but you it can also at, matter. It can matter, but it also can be the '78 Yankees. You know, I mean, it's like yeah. you know where you got the manager, was, or it can be the bad. 1991 Reds. You know, coming off World Series championship, Lou Pinella and. Uh, Rob Dibble going at it. You know what I mean? Like that stuff happens. I <laughs> Bip Roberts first day on the job. I remember, I remember watching video of that and his look on his face. If you got, you call up that Lou, Lou Pinella, um, Rob Dibble scuffle in the clubhouse and just look at Bip Roberts face. He's like, this is my new team, you know, but, uh, but it happens, you know, that stuff happens. And if it does, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be what caused it, but I, we can't know. I mean, we, you know, all we know is that this year, um, you know, I mean, I was, I asked Machado and I think Cronenworth, like when you lose games to the Rockies, is there a part of you that thinks, oh man, we're going to be in a dogfight through to, to yep. the last day with the Dodgers. And if we lose by one game, we're yep. going to look at these three losses to the Rockies and be like, man, those are games we got to put away. And, you know, Machado really? was honest. He's like, yeah, I mean, but you know, that's sometimes that's how the game is. And we just got to get back, you know, and then the usual, we got to get back, back to what we're doing and, but I, I think um, the Dodgers are still the favorite um, between these two, these two teams. Right. You know, I think it'll be an entertaining race to the end um, that, yeah, again, they, they got to start beating the Rockies and mm-hmm. they got to start, you know, that so do the Padres, you know, they got to beat no. the teams. The Dodgers usually beat the teams they're supposed to be, but not with yes. the Rockies. It's weird. And the Giants have to do the same. They're going to be in the thick of things. They're going to be in. They're usually, they're, they're usually a team that does beat up on the Rockies, though. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, if you're the Dodgers, if you're the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, and you're looking up at this mountaintop you've got to climb, how how do you go about it? Because it appears to me that the two organizations are going about this entirely different. The Diamondbacks have maybe not thrown around the R word, the rebuild word, but that's what they're doing essentially, right? They're playing young guys. The Rockies aren't doing that. They're signing Chris Bryant. They're bringing around Richick. They're trying to compete right now rather than embracing the rebuild idea. Right. Which one of those two well, is going to be competitive with the other three the soonest? Just by philosophy, I think the Diamondbacks. I mean, only because 
I think last year when they lost whatever it was, 110 I mean, games last year, 110 losses. That, that was excessive, that. man. That was like I didn't think they could. I didn't think that's the that team was a hundred loss team. I thought it may, might lose ninety games. But well, like, I mean, injuries it, were brutal. Yeah, the road, that, their road that, performance made the Rockies look good on the road. Yeah, so I mean, the the Diamondbacks. I think if if they really are if they, if if they really are trying to do the rebuild thing without talking about it which I think if the Rockies did that would be totally fine. Don't have to talk yep, about it. Absolutely. Just do it. Yep. Um, it, it, that I think they would be a leg up in that race to, to get closer to everybody else in the national league West, but they're still far away. And so, and, and the Rockies, you know, it's, it's days like today that I feel like give the Rockies too much hope huh. and they come back from yeah. a game down five, nothing. They win six, five, it was CJ Crone six D-backs yep. five today. He, right. he put them on his shoulders and, and Crone is a good hitter and he's having a great time with the Rockies, uh, at least at, at Coors, sure at home. but he, he, um he is not part of the long-term future here. No, it's Toglia yep. and, and, and Montero in between, I think. And you got to let these guys play and you got to see what you've got so you can start moving it you know these things don't happen overnight you know totally is not going to come up here and you guys are going to win you know 94 games it's not going to happen like that you got to you've got to start seeing what you've got beforehand so that you can start working with these guys and making making the necessary uh, adjustments and moves to make everybody mesh well so that by the time totally comes up you've got you know tovar and you've got montero and whoever else is they're kind of embedded on this team in in a good spot and also when you're in that kind of kind of rebuild mode, they don't these guys don't have that much pressure. You know right. what I mean? It's like the Cubs, you know, in 2014, they actually they I covered the Cubs for a summer in 2013 when they that was like their last really, really bad year. Mm-hmm. And if you told me then that they were going to win it all in 16, I wouldn't have believed it. But they did ahead of schedule because all those rebuilding years when you're losing, you're expected to lose 100 games. There's not that pressure on your shoulders that you got to perform. Brandon Rogers, Ryan McMahon, um, you know, these guys, uh, Garrett Hampson, uh, Ryan Tapia, when he was here, these guys came up with the pressure of you need to yeah, perform or fair. else we're not going to win. That's fair. Like, it's not like you guys are our surrounding pieces. You guys are really what the Rockies should have gone out to get to sign on the free agent market. Some, yeah. com- some com- complimentary pieces to augment what they had. They made their young guys that. And if you make your young guys that and they have that kind of pressure, they're not going to, they're, it's a lot of, it's a lot of pressure for a guy who's just coming out of triple A. You know, better than anybody, the jump, you know, from triple A to yep. the major leagues. And, you know, for, for whether you're a pitcher or a hitter, it's a huge thing. And to, to have that kind of pressure, we talked about it with the Dodgers. They don't, those kids don't have pressure when they come up no. because they're, you put those guys in a lineup with that lineup and that's the opposite. It's like, they're not rebuilding. They're just so good that when you bring guys up, the bottom line is either case, there's no pressure on these guys. They just kind of are able to look, you know, have their growing pains without it costing the team. And they don't have that here. Yeah. And unfortunately um, what the Diamondbacks are doing in terms of rebuilding, they're doing it with their own system and their systems ahead of, as you said, ahead of the Rockies and the Rockies only ha- chance to catch up in that area would be to part with some of the guys we've talked, about, we talked about last week. We talked about nonstop. They've got it on load at CJ Crone. They've got to trade a Daniel Bar. They've got to trade Colome and and I mean they got they got to make some moves here to restock yeah. the upper the top part of their farm system. I still Absolutely. think Herman Marquez, Marquez should be the guy that goes. That's never going to happen. Um, and Bill Schmidt has made it pretty clear that he wants to give this roster a chance, which 
again, that's head scratching to me because they're so far out of it. It doesn't make any difference. They're tied for last place now, right now at the Diamondbacks. If you, if you don't, if you don't trade, they won't. Yeah. If you don't trade the, the, you have attractive pieces here. You do between Bard and Crone in particular. Yep. You could get some nice returns on that, on those guys from Mm -hmm. to to stock that farm system. And you could do it more toward the top triple a MLB ready ish, you know, Right. right on the border line there it's that guys that along with tovar the tovars and the monteros can come up along with them in the next couple of years by which point as you start to do the r word which they don't want to utter as you start to do that you are basically letting these guys have their growing pains over the next couple of years then you've got guys from the lower parts of the system come up that that where your top 30 are and then now you're starting to see um a kind of a core building and then if you've got a core that can can emerge there then you can start to to add some pieces in free agency. The Cubs, what they did was they basically just loaded their system, particularly with international prospects, but also with the Chris Bryants and everybody else, loaded their system up with position players and then bought the pitching. You know, the Rockies can't do that here, but they can do the let's let's restock now the basic restock. Let's see where we are three years from now, rather than let's try to compete against the likes of the Dodgers and the Padres and the Giants and the Cardinals and the Brewers and the Mets now and the Braves now. It's not going to happen in the next couple of years. So you need to think beyond that. And I don't think this, they, they just, again, it just comes down to, they don't think that they're not contenders. They think that well, they're contenders soon. And that's as not, you said earlier, not realistic. The best thing and the worst thing for the Rockies and Thomas pointed this out too, is it would be a winning streak. Yeah. It gave them hope because it'd be yeah. fun for everybody for that to happen. It's games like today. Perfect. I mean, you know, yeah. you're down. You said, Five well, nothing, the- and you win six five, and it's like, oh, feel good stuff happening. Charlie Blackman's starting to hit a little bit, and everybody's like, oh man, we're so you're not close. You're not close. This yeah. is this is baseball. You're still 34, uh, 35 and 44. Yep. Yep. You are going to Los Angeles tomorrow. You're yep. you're you're gonna have to play the NL West like 14 games in a row from here on out, from here on before you see anybody else. Yep. And I mean they've been beating the NL West, but at the same time, that that only is gonna go for so long, too. So particularly on the road. So you've got to be real with yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and see what you are. The Rockies have a history of not, I don't think, being real with themselves in that here's sense. The, here's the, a little history lesson. Back in early 2000, we talked with Preston Wilson last week about the lot, the forgotten years, the, the Todd and the toddler seasons for the Rockies. It was painful for, for five or six years from you maybe 01 it. to 06, longer yep. than most teams are, are, are bad. They were bad. But it was called Generation R, and they sold that. They pitched that. This is Generation R. Generation R ended up going to the World Series in 2007. It took right. a long time to get there, yeah. but they did it. If they learned a lesson from that, they could try to go back to that route, maybe accelerate that process a little bit, like some other teams have done. But I think the problem, as Thomas pointed out, is during that six- or seven-year period that they were so bad, attendance was bad. They didn't make money. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. of course, yeah. as we know, is the biggest deal here. That's yeah. And that's a good point. And, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a perspective on what's successful. Right. And um, if you are willing to take the hit for a few years to create a winner and then make money by winning that way um, again, that's, that's look, it's the owner's prerogative. And, and you can't, you can't, um, you can't tell an owner what to do. I mean, they are running their, their business the way they want to do. And that's fine. Right. Um, but there are different ways to do different things. One of them is winning begets winning, begets more money, begets more winning, begets more money and starts to cycle. Like in San Francisco, they had for a few yep. years and in St. Louis and you know, you just, 
the Rockies have never, I mean, the Rockies have never really done that. I mean, like you talked about that, that generation R thing and, and, you know, that, that ended up, you know, where you had, you know, uh, uh, those core guys there, you had, you know, the, uh, you had Helton obviously, but you had a few other guys around him that, yep. you know, came together for that run. Yep. But if you're, if you're a fan, if you're in the fan base and you're always in this kind of in-between place of you're not rebuilding, but you're not winning, you're just kind of there. That's, that's a terrible place to be because you think about it. If, if you, if you, if you, if you're, if you're trying to sell what they did back in the early two thousands and you say, look, we're just going to be bad for a while. Yeah. Try to do that again. Your fans, they'll come, they're going to come back eventually, yep. but they'll also grow to love the kids. Right. Yeah. The ones that they, the ones that they you really think. take to. Right. You think. And, and uh, the guys like, you know, if Tovar comes up here and breaks and, and plays and makes, you know, plays defense, like we know he could play defense at right. shortstop. And if Montero hits some 500 foot bombs every once in a while, and they're like, okay, we can start to see something here yeah. in the next few years. There's a re- there's something they're building toward, right? Yeah. Instead of what's the plan exactly? And why is Chris Bryant here? And why is this here? Why is, why are we doing this? And why are we doing that? Cause there's no real, gen- there's no real, um outlook there's no real um vision there right at least not what we see uh from the outside looking in and that's tough that's a tough place to be thomas had the best line today i don't know if he got on the podcast but he said the rockies are basically a hamster wheel yeah that i mean that's something yeah, i mean basically a yeah. hamster wheel. and yeah. that's frustrating for, for all of us who are hoping for better things hey now we're gonna put wraps on this one you got a closer for me yep coming up all it's right. gonna be it's gonna be a nice tribute to uh to somebody whose birthday is on uh, Independence Day. Wow. Okay. That would be, uh, let's see. You know, yeah, I mean, Dave Rigetti? Dave mm-hmm. Rigetti? No? Okay. Is his birthday on July 4th, too? I think it is. Didn't okay. he throw a no-hitter on his birthday? Or Steinbrenner. George Steinbrenner's birthday is July 4th. What? The late oh, Well, it's not a tribute to George Steinbrenner. Okay. okay. No, no tribute to George Steinbrenner, but a tribute to somebody right after this, the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Stay with us. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, Look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stoneysbarandgrill.com. This week's closer is dedicated to none other than the great Blake Street bomber, Vinny Castilla, who turned 55 on the 4th of July. Now a special assistant with the Rockies, Castilla was one of the most feared sluggers of the 1990s. Teaming with the Big Cat, Andre Scalaraga, Dante Bichette, Ellis Burks, and Hall of Famer Larry Walker to terrorize opposing pitching and launch massive home runs at the corner of 20th and Blake Street. Castilla and the Bombers led the Rockies to the postseason in only their third year of existence back in 1995 and gave the eventual world champion Braves all they could handle in an NLDS loss that October. For his part, Castilla hit 467 with three home runs in that series. Two came off the legendary Greg Maddox, and another came off of Maddox's fellow rotation mate and Hall of Famer John Smoltz. Castilla put up monster numbers in his prime, particularly in 1998 when he launched a career-high 46 homers and drove in a career-best 144 runs for Colorado. Incredibly, in each of the two seasons preceding that, he had the exact same batting average, 304, the exact same number of homers, 40, and the exact same number of RBIs, 113. 
Over a 16-year Major League career, Castilla belted 320 home runs, to this day the most ever by a Mexican-born player. So as the fireworks go off behind me, surely in celebration of Castilla's birthday, here's to you, cuz. You'll forever be a Rockies legend. Manny caps off another episode, so that'll do it for this version of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Our thanks to Thomas Harding of MLB.com and Nick Bacaro of the Arizona Republic, and thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.